Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Well, actually, before we get into the Word and and, uh, while I was praying and preparing for this message and I felt to uh, pray specifically for this uh, right at the beginning and... um, Uh, I don't know if you were here a few weeks back, but uh, Pastor Ben was uh, preaching out of Jeremiah 29.11, and this is a fairly well-known scripture, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future uh, to to give you. So this is a a beautiful scripture of a promise that God has, and, and, uh, you know, we love to quote this, and, and the interesting thing about this particular scripture is the context because God is saying this to his people who are currently under Babylonian captivity. And so they are in exile from their homeland, seeing the destruction. And he says to him, I have plans for you to give you a hope and a future. Well, that's beautiful, Jeremiah 29, 11, But I felt to pray specifically for Jeremiah 29, 7. And Jeremiah 29, 7, God is speaking to his people and he says to them, pray for the peace and the prosperity of the city where you have been carried away. Because as they prosper, so will you prosper. And this is what I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, that for some of us, we are going through something right now, uh, whether it's a workplace that you are in, whether it's a relationship, or whether it's some sort of circumstances. It could even be the life stage that you are in right now. And you are saying this on the inside, I don't want to be here. Just like these people, I don't want to be here. And I want to tell you when the, the, the temptation or the easy thing to do would be to curse the place that destroyed my nation, enslaved my people, burnt down my temple. God is saying to them, no, 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 pray for them. Bless them. Because as you bless them, you will actually be blessed. So before we progress, I just want you to think of that one person. Maybe it's that annoying work colleague in the, in the office cubicle next to you uh, that gets on your nerves. Maybe it's your boss. Uh, maybe it's someone you live with. Maybe it's someone you're married to. Uh, I don't wanna go there, but uh, whatever it is in your life, there is something that I believe that God is trying to highlight to you and saying, instead of saying to yourself, get me out of here, God is saying, no, no, I want you to pray I want you to bless them because as you bless them, I'm going to bless you. Come on, people. We are not of this world. We are kingdom people. We don't just love those that love us. We love those that don't love us. We, we pray for those that persecute us and that. And I just believe that at this time, God might be highlighting someone to you right now. God is flashing someone's name or face before you. And here's what I want us to do. I want to pray specifically for that person that you are thinking of, or that situation. Some of you are going through some sort of life change and you are saying to yourself, I just don't wanna be here in this place. I want you to pray for yourself. I want you, because even as you pray and speak life over yourself, I believe that God is gonna do something new and fresh in your life. And, And here's the thing, if it is someone that you do know and they are not a Christian, Here's your homework. I want you to pray for them every day for the next 14 days, and then I want you to invite them here to church Easter Sunday. I believe God's going to do something. So 
has everyone got someone in their mind? You don't have to put your hand up. You don't have to. They might be sitting next to you. So it doesn't matter. We're going to pray and believe because here is the promise God is saying. I know they may have wronged you. They may have hurt you. They may have betrayed you. But it doesn't matter. I want you to pray to bless them. I want you to pray because as you pray for their peace and for their um, prosperity, I'm going to give that to you. Because we are like a conduit that God is saying. And I told the uh, first service, the picture I saw straight away when we were praying for this is that we are like a conduit, like a large pipe. And God is saying, I'm trying to get stuff to you. But the way you feel about that person, that place, that situation, it is a blockage. And I want you to pray. And as you do, that blockage is going to be removed and the flow of God is going to continue. Because God is not just trying to do stuff to you. He's trying to get stuff through you. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, right now. We just tap into this key. That person, Lord God, that we have issues with, Lord, whether it's relationally, whether it's a workplace, or whether it's just the place that we find ourselves in, the, the dead-end job that we are in right now, Lord God, and all we do is dread waking up in the morning and getting ready and going to that place. Father, right now in faith, we speak life over every single place. We pray for that person, Lord God, that you are bringing to our mind right now. We ask, Lord God, that you would bless them, that you would prosper them, Lord God, because we know your promise is true, that as we do that for them, Lord God, you will bless us and prosper us. And so, Father, we access this in faith right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Awesome. Well, if you have been with us for a little while, you will know that Pastor Ben has declared that 2021 is the year where we are as a church and as individuals on the rise. And so this is out of our scripture this morning of uh, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to 3, I'm going to look at. And so let's just have a read of this. The prophet is saying on behalf of God to the people, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. I want to talk to us for a few minutes about the reasons to rise. That if we are in a year where we are on the rise, I want to give us just a few, um, a, a few reasons why we are to rise. Because it sounds awesome, we're on the rise, but many of us need to know the why behind it. And so I just want to have a look at a couple of those uh, this morning. So why don't you join me as we pray. Father, I just thank you for this word that you have given us, Lord God. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, Lord God. And I just thank you for hands to apply the thing that we're about to receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. On the rise, reasons to rise. It, it was said a lot that 2020 was the year of the great reset. I don't know if you were kind of heard this in interviews or maybe uh, in your social media feeds that 2020 was the year of the Great Reset. And in preparing for this, I felt the Holy Spirit say, well, if 2020 
was the year of resetting. 2021 is going to be the year of rising because we may have come through a time where we may have sort of had to change things that we've done and, and sort of had to uh, reassess and, and do that. But now that we have stepped across into a new year and a new word has been released, that we are now from a place of reset, we are now on the rise and we are now going to rise. So the first reason why I want to look at as to why we need to rise the reason why we need to rise, it is this. It is because we need to shine in darkness. To shine in darkness. It says in the first couple of verses, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Whenever darkness descends, a remnant must rise. We see this throughout scripture and throughout history, that when things were looking at their absolute worst, God would raise up certain individuals. That when Pharaoh was enslaving his people and centuries had passed and, and, and taking everything from them and enslaving them, that in the midst of that, God raises up a Moses to deliver and liberate his people and to set them onto the road where they would receive the promises of God. Whenever uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, this uh, tyrannical ruler, would uh, conquer cities and nations and take people captive, and in the midst of that darkness, God would raise up a Daniel, a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who would stand in the face of the king and say, we will not bow. Do what you want with us, but we will not bow. That whenever there would be a Goliath, this three-meter-tall war machine that had never been defeated, that was terrorizing and intimidating entire armies, that God would raise up something that didn't look like much. He just looks like a little kid with a sling and a pocket full of rocks, and he would step up. God would raise up someone in the midst of darkness. Even we flip over to the New Testament, and the Roman Empire has landed and expanded and in the midst of their takeover, God would raise up a prophetic voice in the wilderness that would say, prepare the way of the Lord. He's coming. He's coming. There is someone that's coming mightier than I, and I'm not worthy to unlatch at his sandals. He is coming. God would always raise up someone in the midst of darkness, the darkness of slavery in the US where they were trading people like stocks. God would raise up an Abraham Lincoln for that hour that would change the laws and set so many people free. In the time when there was corruption in the church and religious leaders were doing all sorts of crazy stuff and declaring that salvation comes not through faith but through good works, God would raise up a Martin Luther to start a reformation by nailing the 95 Thesis onto the building and saying, no, 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 salvation is through Christ alone and faith alone in him. That in the middle of darkness, God would always raise up a remnant. God would raise up someone, someone. And, and I just believe that one of the saddest and, and one of the most tragic times is when uh, it's, it's actually in the book of Ezekiel. God says, I sought for a man to build the wall, to stand in the gap so that I would not judge the city. 
but I found no one. Destruction and judgment came to that city because God was just looking for one person, just one person to rise up from the comfort and the familiarity of where they are and to step into this breach and to pray and intercede for the people. You don't need to be a prophet to look around today at the times that we are living to understand that we are in interesting times. And it was said of uh, the tribe of Issachar in the Bible when David had become king in Hebron, all the tribes of Israel would gather to him. And every time the Bible described a certain tribe, they had, uh, they, they had a certain kind of trait or something that they were well known for. And so, you know, it was the tribe of Gad. They were great with the sword and there was thousands and thousands of them. The tribe of Benjamin, they were known for this kind of superpower and there was tens of thousands of them. So the Bible lists all these people and then it gets to this one tribe and they're called the sons of Issachar and there is only 200 of them, only 200. And their superpower is they could discern the signs and the times that they were living in. They were the prophetic voice to all the other tribes to be able to tell them and speak on behalf of God to say, this is where we are and this is what God is saying. And I believe that in this time, if you look around at all the crazy stuff that's been happening in our world, you will know that we're in some dark times where you've got to really be careful about what you say publicly or what you post on your socials. But I've just made a decision that I'd rather be biblically correct than politically correct. You know, that, that God is looking for people that are, are not going to sort of shrink back because this is the hour in the midst of darkness where the body of Christ needs to stand up and to step forward. That all throughout Scripture, it talks about this thing. Actually, it's the Apostle John who says, the spirit of Antichrist... So he's talking about Antichrist, but he's not talking about the individual that maybe we'd heard about, this guy who's going to come and, you know, force everyone to take the mark. He's not talking about it. He's talking about a spirit that is alive in the time that he was alive, and he says, is throughout. And it is the spirit of Antichrist, Antichrist. Christ means anointing. Anti means opposed to. So it is the spirit that opposes the anointing. And he says, that spirit is here right now. And that is the same thing. That spirit was roaming the earth in the time of Elijah. And so Ahab and Jezebel were killing off the prophets and setting up altars to Baal in that. And God raises up a remnant in Elijah and he declares judgment as a result of that. And so Jezebel threatens Elijah. He runs and Jezebel is later judged and she dies. The person dies, but the spirit lives on. And so if you travel through the Old Testament into the New Testament, the very same spirit is alive in a woman called Herodias. And she is offended by what the prophet John the Baptist says. So of all the things that she could have asked for, all the things that she could have had, even up to half the kingdom, she says, bring me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. This is the silencing of the lambs. You remember that movie? A little bit disturbing and, you know, there was this movie for millennials, you guys that are a little bit younger. There was this really, really dark movie, psychological thriller, and it was called The Silencing of the Lambs. Anthony Hopkins, uh, Jodie Foster, that's nothing compared to what's going on right now. 
the silencing of the lambs, the flock of God. It is the attack on everything that God instituted. The Bible says that God created them male and female. So one of the issues that we're seeing right now is the whole issue of gender. God created husband and wife. So we see that marriage is being attacked. Jesus says, I will build my church and the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we see all the attacks on the church and trying to shut them down and silence them and all of this. Understand the time that we are in as the discernment of the sons of Issachar, that these are dark times. But the good news is you are here. That of all the times in history that you could be alive, all the generations that God could have created you and raised you up, God waited to March 2021 for you to step into this place. And for every single one of us, understand this is not just about the select few, the chosen frozen with all the gifts and abilities. No, no, no. Here at Kings, we believe in the priesthood of all believers, that the body is every single part seen and unseen, that everyone is to be activated and mobilized, that there are no passive spectators standing by the sideline, criticizing the people on the field. No, no, no. This is our time to suit up and to step onto the field and to play our part. God calls it armor. He says, put on the armor of God. It's not the pajama of God. This is active wear, not sleep wear. God has not come up to called us just to sit and to watch and to criticize everyone that's doing stuff. No, no, no. He's saying every single one of you, if you are alive in 2021, it's because of this reason. There is deep darkness across the earth and it is your time to rise up and shine. It is your hour to rise up and shine. No more passive watching from the sideline. Every single one of us are called to rise and shine. This is what Matthew chapter 5 in the message version says. And I love how Eugene Peterson um, phrases this. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I love that. We're going public. We are going public. I got saved really late, uh, kind of late. I grew up in a, in a Tongan traditional church, but didn't want a bar of church or anything like that. But I got saved uh, at a Pentecostal church when I was 26. And even after I was saved, I didn't sort of tell people openly that I was a Christian. Because every Christian I knew was really dorky. They were kind of lame and corny. And I just thought, I don't want to be labeled with that, you know. I don't want to be sort of, and I just didn't kind of tell people. But then I read Romans chapter 1. And the Apostle Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for those that believe. And my conviction was, while I was ashamed of people knowing that I was a Christian, I was stopping them from receiving the power of God to take them from death into life, to take them from eternal separation from God into a destiny with God. 
So I just made a commitment. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. You know, I don't care who knows that I'm a Christian. I don't care what people say or how people judge me. Like it says here, I am going public. And I believe for every single one of us, this is our time that we go public. That there are people you live with, people you work with, and they may not necessarily know, but this is our time to rise and shine, to show all of our God colours. And it doesn't matter. Some of us sort of think, I, I don't really have much to shine, you know. I don't preach, I don't sing, I don't minister, I don't really know a whole lot of the Bible. Here's the thing I know about this scripture. It says, arise and shine, for your light has come. That seems like it's the other way around. It, shouldn't it be, wait till the light comes, then I shine? No, 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 God's saying, I've actually already put something in you. It may only look small, it may only look insignificant, but as you stand up and show that thing, not try and cover it up, as you stand up, the light is going to come. Uh, growing up in the Tongan church I was telling you about, um, and when we had uh, Sunday school, it wasn't cool kids' church like we have now, it was Sunday school, uh, uh, they would teach us a song. And I never forgot this song, and some of you are probably old enough to know this song. And it went a little bit like this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of... Don't leave me hanging, sing along. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine all the time. <laughs> let it shine. All right, cut it there. No, you're not feeling it, so that's, that's all good. But, but, but here's, here's the thing. The song doesn't say, wait till you've got it all together, then you can shine. No, 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 wait till you've cleaned up your act, wait till you're no longer addicted to that thing, wait till you've got all your ducks. No, 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 it's just saying, hey, it might only be a little thing, just step out and shine it, and shine it. If we have the attitude that God can only use perfect people, those people that have got it all together, God ain't using any of us because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And there is no one righteous, no, not one, but our faith alone in Christ alone. And now we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not by my works, but by my faith in him. So whatever that little light is, step out and shine. Um, Late last year, it was kind of in November and, and uh, I'd finished work and it was, sort of, it was still early, it was summer and it was kind of early November and, um, um, and I got home with the kids and that and, uh, and it was really sunny and stuff. So I took a basket of laundry outside and I was hanging, I was hanging uh, the laundry out on the clothesline and it was beautiful blue skies, beautiful day. And I just happened to look up and I, I saw this. We got that um, slide. Uh, it's coming, it's coming. I saw that. So I took that from my phone. And it was early, and the sun was out, and it was shining. And I'm thinking, I can see the moon as clear as. And I'm thinking, that is bizarre. I don't think I've ever seen that uh, to that degree. And, and I was thinking, well, you know, the moon's awesome, because the moon doesn't sort of wait till the sun goes down and then I'm going to clock on and start my shift. The moon's going, I'm just up, I'm just going to come out already. I know the sun's still out, but I'm just going to start my shift early and uh, I'm here. And uh, the, the thing I realised is that the moon has no light of its own. 
So the only reason why we can see the moon, it's visible, is because the light off of the sun is shining on it, and we can actually see the moon. And this is what I felt God say. Some of us think, like, I don't really have a whole lot and that, but here's the thing. If you just step out, you just step out early. You may not be even rostered on until later that night. You step out early, the light from the greater sun, S-O-N, is going to reflect on you. Because the Bible says we are reflectors of him. And as you do, as you step out and do that, you're going to bless a whole lot of people. Let your light shine. This is the time that we are called to rise and shine in the midst of darkness. And the second reason why I believe that we are called to rise, our reason for rising, it says in verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. After we rise and shine in darkness, we rise to build in preparation. We rise to build in preparation. The Bible says that as a result of us rising, God's going to bring Gentiles. These are people that do not have a covenant relationship with God but they are going to come. It says, Gentiles will come to you. Kings, these are influential people. These are leaders in the industry. He says, when you rise, they're going to come. So if they're going to come, that means that we need to prepare, that we need to expand, that we need to rise up and build because of what God is doing. So uh, grateful because in the 8.30 service, you know, we, we have a number of our... Um, uh, older people that have been here for decades. And I was just saying that, reflecting on the fact that um, extremely blessed because there are, there are people like uh, Noel Collins, you know, this guy who, uh, when, when the time when the school was kind of underfunded and, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of resource and stuff, and he would just write checks out. They would go visit him and, 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 and he would write checks out, you know, to continue the, the school or continue the church and stuff. And I realized that we are here in March 2021 and we are literally sitting in the obedience and the sacrifice of people that have gone before us. That the original building site, and I saw the photo of when Reedy Creek, King's Reedy Creek started over 40 years ago, it just kind of looked like a shed in the middle of a paddock. Uh, there was nothing. No Rabina Town Centre, no M1, no houses, nothing. It was just... It was just like a, you know, this thing in the middle of, of farmland. And um, a couple of years ago, I went out to our Logan Village campus for the first time, and, and I got a little bit emotional when I saw it because it reminded me of Reedy Creek. It's just like a single building out in the middle of nowhere, farmlands. But here's the thing. Our family and many other families have actually come as a result of what other people rose up and built yesterday. And that now we have an opportunity as a church to rise up and build. Because he, here's the thing, some people have actually passed on and they haven't been able to see what is happening now, but we get to enjoy their legacy. We get to enjoy their obedience. Um, when we moved up from Sydney three years ago and we flew up to have a look at some properties here at Reedy Creek and I said to the real estate agent, I've never heard of Reedy Creek. Tell me about this suburb. And he said, well, 
This suburb literally started because a Christian school started in the area and then families started to move into the area as a result. And I'm thinking, wow, we're actually one of those families, you know, that have been blessed by that. And I just made it my conviction that we have benefited and been blessed by the school and the church, but it is now our time to rise up and build for others. It is now there are families and people that are not in the church, not in the kingdom of God, don't know God. And this is our time now to rise up and to build for those that are still coming. There is this um, scripture in, uh, in Chronicles where King David is, um, is, is going through a really tough time because of a decision that he made that was kind of against God's teaching and, and he counted the people and, and it was kind of like an arrogant, boastful thing to do to say, look at all my resource. And as a result of that, God actually judged the king and there was like a plague that was being swept through the entire land. And the plague came in the form of an angel that was slaying people and thousands of people were falling. They get to this one point and it's kind of like in a, in a farmland area, threshing floor. And David actually can see the angel. He's able to see into the spiritual. And David begins to pray and intercede. And God stops the angel. And so David actually builds an altar in that place. But that particular property is owned by a farmer. And David says, uh, how much for your land? I want to buy it. I want to build an altar here. And the farmer says, oh, you're King David. You know, take the land. I'll give you some wood, I'll give you some livestock, whatever you need. It's my privilege, it's my honour to have you here. Just take it. And David says something extremely powerful. David says, I will not offer God something that has cost me nothing. And he, he insists that he makes the payment. So he makes the payment. The very next chapter, you see David, and he is saying this about this very site. There And this is 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 1. David said, the house of the Lord God is to be here and also the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So David gave orders to assemble the foreigners residing in Israel. And from among them, he appointed stone cotters to prepare stone for building the house of God. He provided a large amount of iron to build nails for the doors of the gateways and for the fittings and more bronze than could be weighed. He also provided more cedar logs than could be counted. For the Sidonians and Tyrians had brought large numbers of them to David. David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. David rose up and built and prepared so much resource, there was abundance of it, but he never actually got to see the finished product another generation rose up and they actually got to enjoy the benefits of it. And I believe that today we have this amazing opportunity and on your seats you'll see that there is a rise and build envelope. We have an amazing opportunity to be blessed, not just now, but this is also for our next. This is also for our next. That God is giving us an opportunity that this isn't just about bricks mortar and concrete. 
but this is actually about salvations. This is about entire households coming to faith. This is about starting working on things, existing campuses now, but also campuses that haven't even been started and seeing families coming, children being educated in the Christian schools, families getting saved in the King's Church in that area, and entire destinies and households being changed as a result of that. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take every single one of us to take one of these, and I just want you to prayerfully consider what God would have you to rise up and build and give to this. You can give today, but you can also take this away Stick it on a fridge magnet on your fridge and just pray over it and just ask God, what, what is it, Lord? What would you have me? But this is the thing that I believe that every single one of us has a role to play in this, that every single one of us, one of the reasons why this is the year where we are on the rise is so that we can step up from the familiar, step up from the, the, the comfortable, step up from the things that are known, and in step into the unknown, into that area of faith. God is calling every single one of us to rise up. And those are the reasons why. Um, in one of the greatest pieces of cinematic uh, art that I have ever seen, and some of you are going to debate this, but there is this powerful scene right at the end. And um, uh, this movie... There are three characters and they are going up against this great villain at the end. And of course, those three characters are Thor, Iron Man and Captain America. And they're going up against this huge villain, Thanos, who wants to destroy the universe. And so they are triple teaming him and it is an epic battle. And, uh, you know, and, but he is smashing them, you know. So Iron Man is knocked out. Uh, Thor's out unconscious and now it's just Captain America and he's got this amazing ability who knew that he could wield Thor's hammer and so he's going at it but ultimately you know tables turn and Thanos absolutely smashes him you know he just smashes him smashes his shield uh, you know and he is bruised and bloodied and there is this great scene because everyone's out and it looks like it's all over, game over. Roll the credits, Thanos wins. But in the midst of this, Captain America is laying flat on his back and he's bleeding and bloodied and bruised. And, but in the meantime, on Thanos' side, all these portals open up. And so there are hordes and hordes of villains that are coming out in all sorts of shapes and sizes you know, ground creatures, you know, creatures coming through the air, entire spaceship colonies are coming through. And all of these things are coming out and Thanos is standing there. Captain America gets up, he looks up. And I love this scene because even though he's outnumbered and even though it looks like he has no chance, but he gets up, straps the buckle of his shield on. It's broken in pieces, the little bits, and he just starts limping forward. And he just starts limping forward. And I love that because I just think, you know, it would be easy to lay there and just say, I give up. But there is something about that spirit saying, no, no, no. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging. And I'm going to go down swinging and taking as many of you out as possible. So he gets up and he just starts limping towards them. Let's go. Let's go. I can do this all day. Let's go. But in the process of that, 
portals start to open up behind him. And just like Elijah told his servant Elisha when they were surrounded and it looked like they were outnumbered to do, Elijah said, no, 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 no. There are more that are for us that are for them. And I want you to leave with the comfort and the assurance that as you rise up, you are not alone. It is not just you. There are times where you think like, this is pointless. It's just me doing this. It's just me putting in the effort in this family, in this workplace, in this ministry. No, no, no. It's not just you. God has your back. And there are things that you cannot see. And as you rise, I believe that God is going to rise alongside of you and he is going to empower you and he has endowed you with everything you need because as you rise, you're going to fulfill everything that God has put in you. Arise and shine. Arise doesn't just mean get up. In the Greek, that word that, uh, for arise, it actually means fulfill your purpose. It actually means that as you get up, you are actually fulfilling the purpose of God in your life right now. So can I just ask as we close, just to, for everyone, just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just believe that over this next period of time that God is going to call uh, many of us in unique ways for us to step up and to step out. And so, Father, I just pray for every single person here, Lord God. You have called us in this hour to rise in the midst of darkness, to rise and shine what you have given us, but also to rise in preparation for that which is coming after us, Lord God. That the rising is about us, but the building is about them. Them that we don't even know yet. Them that haven't even stepped foot into a king's church yet. We rise and we build for them, Lord God. We may not know them, but you know them, Lord God. Your heart is for them. Your desire is that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance, the knowledge of God. So, Father, right now, I just pray that you would stir our hearts, Lord God, that we would recognize our reasons for rising, Lord God, is not just for us, but it's for your fulfillment of your purposes on the earth in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.